We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are coming to you live Sunday, August 21st, fresh out of Westeros. (laughs) We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I got my fellow Stark brother, Taylor Peterson, a.k.a. Taylor Stark with me. I like it. Taylor of uh, of House Peterson. Uh, hey, just hoping this podcast doesn't leak early like like the first episode of House of the Dragon. And we have Nick Crane. Nick is more of a Dornishman to me. Uh, I, I think that's fair. Like, uh, what's, what was that guy's name? Uh, something Cole? Yeah, they're, the high towers are from Dorn. Um, I don't know. Nick, Nick, you come across as a Dornishman. How does that well, make you feel? The intro for me is the end of House of Dragon Talk because I have not watched it and I've already prefaced. I want zero <laughs> spoilers from you guys or anybody spoiler in the chat. Spoiler-free podcast. Spoiler-free pod. If I see a spoiler in the live YouTube chat, I will boot you out of the room. <laughs> Actually, I think Nick is from the free cities of Essos. Oh, it's, yeah. He's, he's, he's not he's even from sider. Westeros. <laughs> I think that's probably more accurate. Gentlemen... Let's talk some Thunder basketball. The schedule is out. Nick, you weren't part of that podcast. Tell us, Nick, in in your 30-second summary of the OKC Thunder schedule, what do you got? Just in general, what I think about the schedule? Yeah. Um, Big takeaways. 82 games, 41 at home, 41 on the road. Big takeaways. Obviously, the national TV game breaks like a 750-day drought, which is cool. Um, NBA TV doesn't count in my opinion. Um, some good matchups early. I think, I think we get to see Jabari and Paulo both in the first like 20 games, if I'm not mistaken. So Mm -hmm. good matchups early. Um, New Year's Eve tradition lives on. I think New Year's Eve will be a pivotal event. 
Um, you're about 35 games in on New Year's Eve, reaching the halfway point in the season. I think that is where the Thunder are outperforming. Maybe they maybe they push a little longer leading up to the trade deadline, but New Year's Eve, if they're 12 games under 500 already, I think it might be uh might might be might be interesting early in 2023 if they're that bad. So big takeaways are uh don't buy the strength of schedule being weak or no strength of schedule being strong. They have the, the hardest schedule. I don't know if I buy that because we have no clue what these teams are gonna be. Um yeah, like Jacob said, 82 games. Um, 26 wins. You do the math and the uh, losses. We'll see at the end of the year. So they get an all-star break. Yeah. <laughs> my, my family has thunder season tickets. Um, we, we all split them. So today we did a ticket draft to pick tickets. I'm feeling pretty good. What'd you I, get? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I went with games that are on breaks from school or Friday nights. That was my go-to, uh, but I've got some fun games like Minnesota twice. Uh, I specifically chose the Cleveland game. The, the Chet Holmgren versus Evan Mobley matchup uh, fascinates me. I've got a Milwaukee game early in the season. See Giannis come to town. Um, had to take the the first home game against the Houston Rockets. Yep. The, the rivalry between the two tanks. Gonna go see Scotty and the the Toronto Raptors. Well, I got some some pretty good games. I'm pretty happy. Qu- questions for you. Two two on this front. One, which game was the number one overall pick for me? For the whole oh, thing. so it doesn't really count because my grandma had it. What'd your grandma pick? I don't even remember because she's like, well, who? Oh, she picked a Memphis game because Stephen Adams plays for them. Uh, okay, so what what was the top game truly chosen? Like, what was? If you, if you put it together a big board of the 80 or I guess the 41 games at home, what would be the top of your big board? My, uh, mine personally, probably home opener against Minnesota. Okay. okay. I, I, like I first night energy is going to be high. Um, Chet versus Rudy Gobert. Uh, lots of really fun things. So I, I two, went two dominant physical centers for Chet's debut. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Well, Shit, three games in a row. It's Cat and Gobert, and then Jokic, Jokic. and then Cat mm-hmm. and Gobert again. Okay. So it's Sec- second question time- for you. Okay, I'm ready. What was one game you were hoping to be able to draft that you didn't get? Oh, I'd have to look back at the schedule. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head because I don't have the schedule pulled up. Probably. Huh, I don't know. That's a really good question. Because I got a lot of games that I really wanted. Um, maybe like a home game against like the Pelicans to see Zion. I My dad yeah. took, took the, Pel- the, I think my dad got both Pelicans games. He really wanted to go to those. So I missed out on those. So those ones would have been really fun. Um, you guys ever do trades? Oh yeah. And like half the time, my mom doesn't want to go to a game. So my dad calls me and my wife doesn't want to go to a game. So yeah. I call my dad. So yeah. I'll end up going to more than what I have on the list. Nice. Loaded up in, on December, the the seven game homestand right during Christmas break for public ed. Just when, when, the, when the roster is still playing too. Exactly. I don't, I did not take any April games and I took very few March games. I had to take a March game at the end. Cause that was all that was left. Yeah. 
Nice. That's that's a cool that's a cool yearly tradition. Yep, it's always a good time. So Nick, we were talking about Chet just a second ago. It's kind of been the summer of Chet for OKC Thunder fans. He's been all over social media, all over the NBA world playing basketball. Wanted to talk about a few of the things that have come out recently. We have some pictures of Chet in some pickup run with Kevin Durant. Thoughts, feelings, opinions on this to one former Thunder seven footer, one current Thunder seven footer, both number two overall picks, both future Hall of Famers. I think it's cool. I mean, we talked about Chet maybe being a villain type in the NBA. You know, he's the guy that everybody wants to dunk on. He's going to talk shit. Um, but on the flip side, like he's playing and getting invited to come come play with all these top players across the league. And I think that that shows how well respected he is without having to necessarily do anything to prove himself quite yet. Yeah. And I don't know. I think some really diehard Thunder fans might be offended that Chet like willingly went and worked out and hung out with Kevin Durant. KD left the Thunder when Chet was like a freshman in high school. Uh, no, earlier than that, probably. Probably Later, like in middle school. I, I was a sophomore in high school. Okay, so it was when Chet was in middle school. Yeah. So, like, th- there's no ties there at all. You yeah, know, I was a sophomore in college. Okay, well, that's a little bit different, Nick. Yeah, yeah, that's a four, <laughs> yeah. He was probably... He was probably... He was about 14, 13, 14 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I, I don't think there's back anything. When he was, back when he was six nine, <laughs> we also got video of Chet and Josh playing on the same pickup team in some run. I think out in L.A., uh, the video that surfaced was I believe it was Gorgie Jang going up for a dunk. Chet meeting him at the apex, apex uh, rejecting him. Josh leading the break, and then Gorgie calling for a foul. Uh, you know how pickup goes. You get oh, yeah. embarrassed. You you call the foul, even though it's not a foul. Josh gets very defensive. Um, is this just normal pickup run, or is this uh, an evolution of the Chet Giddy bromance where they're backing each other up on shitty pickup fouls? Oh, I think it's I think it's a continued blossom of the bromance. We need a nickname for them. I think we put out a feeler on good nicknames, and we picked one at one point, but I forget what it was. I think he he picked Chetmate during summer league, but I think we had another one. Anyways, Josh has a house in California. I'd bet you anything Chet's out there staying with them quite a bit during the off season. Um, they're good buddies. I think they obviously enjoy working out together and we've seen a lot of this stuff with these live runs, but like they're just, they're inseparable. Like they haven't been apart since draft night. Yep. It's kind of crazy. Uh, good for chemistry though. Very good for chemistry. For sure. And then Chet, makes the trip up to Seattle back around his, his college stomping grounds of Gonzaga university to play for a second time in the crossover league. Uh, the first time really it was just him, Jamal Crawford. Uh, well, Jamal Crawford didn't play. I'm sorry. Paulo Bancaro played, uh, Jaden McDaniels played in that game as well. The first time through this time through though, Nick, the stars came out, Aaron Gordon, DeJounte Murray, LeBron James, um, I love that you led with Aaron Gordon. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, Tari Eason, uh, just all kind. I- Isaiah Thomas, everyone shows up. Thunder fans tune into the NBA app, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on Saturday night. I was blitzing at home, uh, picked up some pizza on the way. I was like, man, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to make an ass of myself just eating pizza and watching this basketball game. 
felt like I was back at the first day of school, you know, nothing's going according to plan. We're an hour late. Some jackass pulls the fire alarm. It's mildly unsafe. Game ends up getting called in the second quarter. Uh, too many guys slipping on the court. But the big news for Thunder fans, Chet Holmgren looks like he stepped funny on his foot, came down on his foot funny uh, on the way down from a contest at the rim. Rolled his ankle, if you ask. Uh, Boston Celtics guy on Twitter, he said it could be a rolled ankle or an Achilles tear. Um, Nick, anything to read into uh, our our worry level one to 10 on Chet Holmgren and his health. No. And I mean, he's had this ankle wrap we've seen on his social media posts for a few weeks now. I don't know if it was the same ankle or a different ankle. I haven't like dove in and zoomed in on the video and tried to figure out everything going on, but I don't think it's anything like you still got three to four weeks till camp starts. I would be absolutely shocked if this injury had any impact on his training camp experience leading up to the season. If it does, we're in trouble. If it does, I mean, but maybe it doesn't. Like Chet Homer missing training camp. Even if even if it came back and Chet was out for two months and had to miss the very start of the season. Cool. Like yeah. it's, it's it's not gonna hinder his career. That doesn't mean he's a bust. Like it's not a big deal. Taylor, would I would like to us. know. Yeah. Taylor, I would like to know. So Chet rolls his ankle, but he does stop the basket. LeBron does not score on the fast break. But Twitter.com, specifically NBA Central, NBA Memes, um, Hoops Central. Um, the dying room. Ball sack sports. Ball sack sports uh, aggregation BS123. And everyone who replies to those tells me Chet Holmgren's too thin. He got ran through by LeBron James. That's why he's injured. He's a bust. <laughs> I mean, obviously his frame isn't going to hold up in the NBA. Also, Paulo finally gets his time to shine. Will he be able to carry his own team? I don't think so. And finally, Jason Tatum officially has surpassed LeBron as the best player in the league per the Pro-AM Saturday night. Um, Yeah, no, that's absolutely garbage. I loved that Chet contested that shot. I was kind of hoping for a, a block there on LeBron, but... Actually, what's pretty solid textbook defense. He stood, he stayed straight up. He uh, he knew that LeBron was going to try and draw contact. Got his hand on the ball. It's LeBron, so maybe he he gets that call in the NBA. But I, I thought it was pretty solid defense. It's just unfortunate. And like, look, we didn't get a very close angle at it at, at all. Like Jacob mentioned, um, some Celtics fan account thinks it's either a uh, Achilles or a, a slightly tweaked ankle. Nothing. That's still that dude. That just sent me. <laughs> He might have he might have scratched himself, or he might have got shot with a gun. It's like what are we? Either doing? way, he's bleeding. Um, no, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. It just kind of sucked because we had to go through what forty minutes of warm ups and fire alarms and security issues, all to see Chet play for like three plays. <laughs> it reminded me of Summer League Game One, 2021. Yeah, with yeah, Josh that's Giddy. A, with Josh Giddy. Am I am I he's reading into this too much? And I, I mentioned a second ago, Chet kind of being a villain. Maybe it's because of our vantage point and most people we follow on social media are Thunder centric. Um, Chet gets a lot of hate already to the point where it almost feels like this is going to be another Russell Westbrook situation where no matter what he does right and how good he is, they're always going to find the flaws and he's always going to get shit on. 
I think there's a chance of that, but I think the context is much different. Like Russell Westbrook openly invited that stuff and like thrived off of it. I think a lot of the hate that Chet gets is just people are for some reason are mad because he's skinny. Yeah. But, but I think you're going to be really Chet surprised embraces this year. It too. Some of the stuff that Chet is going to do as a rookie on the floor where he like gets in a veteran, well-respected dude's face and talks crap to him. He, he wants the smoke. He's got the dog in him. And that's what I'm saying. Every single team he has one of those moments with as a rookie, that entire fan base is going to hate him forever. That's yeah. true. But I, I think NBA vets are going to respect him. Like, I remember vividly. I don't know if you guys recall this. It was like the second game against the Jazz in a season, in the season where the Thunder had Russ, PG, and Mello. And the Thunder won the game out in Salt Lake City. Um, but afterwards, Russ, PG, and Mello all went out to half court and like dapped up Donovan Mitchell, rookie Donovan Mitchell, and yep. like hyped him up and was in his ear. I feel like Chet's gonna get some of that. I mean, like we saw him dapping up LeBron James at the crossover. Uh, we've seen he and we mentioned earlier he and Kevin hanging out. Like, I, I think there's there's gonna be this respect by veterans for him because the way he approaches the well, game. Let me let me be clear. It, it and with Russ, it was never the players in the NBA that shit on him. It was it was the fan bases mm-hmm. and it was social media and it was the national media. Um that's more what I was alluding to. I, yeah, I, I, I have I no doubt he's gonna get respect. I, I think part of it is the way Russ carries himself off the court. I don't know if Chet does that in the same way. Yeah, and that's kind of like I see what you're getting at, Nick. Like Chet does have a little more of that in him from a personality standpoint, I think, than people realize, which Thunder fans are going to embrace. And to your point, opposing fan bases are going to hate. However, the difference I think that Jacob's getting to between like Chet and Russ is as soon as Chet has his first, you know, let's just go crazy and say 30 point game, 12 rebounds or whatever, it's going all we, all those accounts you guys mentioned, the NBA Centrals and the, all the aggregators going to be pumping it up. Oh my gosh, look at Chet. It's so great. But then, like the very next night, he's going to go, you know, oh, of six from the field and have four turnovers. And, you know, it, it'll be a back and forth dialogue. But I don't know if it's going to be quite as polarizing from like a like or hate standpoint as Russ was. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, guys, speaking of Chet Holmgren, and for the record, flip side of the coin, Nick, I think J Dub's going to be a guy that's like universally loved. No doubt. Like, he, he is, he is. You mentioned the comp to Mikhail Bridges from a from a physical standpoint, like the length, the upside. I think he's going to be in the same respect. Where like, there, I don't know if there's a single NBA fan out there that hates Mikhail <laughs> Bridges. Mikhail yeah. Bridges. You know? Did Did you guys ever see the video of J Dub mic'd up in the Thunder vs Orlando summer league game? Yeah, yeah. Where um, it was very. Uh... I I forget the guy's name, but he played at another. Western Coastal Conference team, oh, uh, the yeah. the bald guy that you guys kept. Yeah, yes. And he part of that, Mary's. Yes, yes, that's right. And part of that that mic'd up se- session, um, it was during free throws. You saw J Dub walk over. He goes, "Hey, man, hey buddy, congratulations." <laughs> you know that this is awesome. Yeah. We made it. Like, yeah. he's just the most wholesome dude. Amen in the chat says, "Who can hate a man with an Elmo tattoo?" Facts. These are um, facts. He's awesome. So speaking of J-Dub, speaking of Chet, I wanted to do an exercise tonight. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Taylor, Silva, and I did an exercise where we went through the roster and we tried to figure out what the 10-man rotation is or will be. 
especially like that first month of the season. I want to go a step further. Tonight, I want to look at minutes distribution. So roughly 10 guys are in an NBA rotation, but in any given NBA game, non-overtime NBA game, there are a total of 240 minutes available. I want us to discuss and come to an agreement on who gets minutes and how many minutes on this team. So if you're watching the stream, we've got a visual for you. If you're just listening to the podcast, obviously, well, we're going to talk and describe it. But our visual is we have a Google Sheets pulled up here with every Thunder player that we think could get minutes this year. I, I excluded guys like Ty Jerome and Teo Maladone and Derek Favors. But at the bottom, we have 240 minutes. Now, each time we type in some minutes for a player, the the number, however many minutes we put in, is going to subtract from that 240 until that 240 is down to a whopping zero minutes. You can already tell this is going to get tough. Yeah, making some of these decisions <laughs> will be very, very difficult. So let's just start throwing some stuff out there, and, and obviously we can go back and forth and... Uh, if we need to go back and take some minutes away from somebody or add some more minutes to somebody, we can do that. But Nick, to start us off, like we've got a, a roster of 12 guys we put on this list here. Who do you want to start with? Ooh, I let's, I'm not going to start the top, start here. the bottom. I want to start at the top. I just want to go straight down the list because you can't cherry oh, pick okay. starters and let's just, let's just go top to bottom. So the list is in alphabetical order. And for those listening to the show on the podcast version, our list is Darius Baisley, Usman Jang, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chet Holmgren, Trey Mann, Mike Muscala, Alexei Pokashevsky, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Aaron Wiggins, J-Dub, Kenrich Williams. So Nick this wants to tough. start at the top of the list alphabetically with Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley will play a lot of minutes this year, despite having additional competition in the front court. That said, um, I'm going to have him playing a few less minutes than he's been used to the past few years. I'm going to throw him in at 25 on the dot. Interesting. Okay. So last year he averaged 27.9, basically 28 minutes a game. Nick is shaving off three minutes. Taylor, do you like that number? You want to go higher? You want to go lower? I think I would have gone lower just because I'm thinking of some of these guys and this is like personal bias too. So it's really hard to like try and predict exactly what Dagnall and Presti are going to, how they're going to prioritize these minutes. And also like, I mean, Trey Mann, will get to him. He's a really good example of somebody who didn't play much early on, but got the majority, the bulk of his minutes later on in the season. And when he came back from his stint with the blue, but still, like I, I think that's going to eat into Baisley's minutes. Who who takes his minutes in your opinion? I think players like Jang, J Dub, um, some of the the rooks coming in this year, like those two specifically. And then I don't know. It's, it's not, Poku for me. And Poku, ooh. See, I kind of feel like Poku's going to get his minutes cut down too for some of these I young guys. I, I think I think with Usman, and there's a reason that that. He's a rookie. He's going to play a lot of G League minutes, but November 1st through basically January 1st is like the bulk of the G League stint. We saw a lot of guys last year play yeah. two weeks, look pretty rough, go there for a couple months, come back, look a little bit better. I don't know if we see much of Usman at all November through Dece November and December because of the G League. I think that's fair. True. 
So Taylor, where are you putting Baisley's minutes at? Nick wanted 25. What do you want? I was going to go like 23, I think, but meet me in the middle. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Like if we're going for like official here, like, yeah, meeting in the middle at like 24, 24.5. I was going to go closer to 22. Okay. So if we go 22, 23, 25, do we want to meet at 23? Is that too low for Nick? 23.5. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but that is kind of like pretty much how these uh, typically average out. Feels really freaking low. Like this is the season you figure out if Baisley is a guy that you want to keep. Unless around. you've already decided. <laughs> There's we'll no go way. To, we'll go 24. Decided. We can come back and okay. edit. We'll go 24. Yeah. Nick, those 24 minutes for Baisley. Yep. Are they starting oh, man, this minutes? This next one's tough. Um, how many games did he play last year? Don't tell me how many he started. How many games did he play last year? Games he appeared in would be... 69. 69. Very nice. 69. I'm going to say he starts... 35 games. Is that more or less than last year? Ooh. Oh, that's way less. Way less. He started 53 games last year. But he started out the year as a starter. And I think he got he got he got that yanked. And I know he started the several games. He's got a 50-50 down the stretch, but I I I don't know if he's starting opening night. And I don't, I don't know if he's so. a starter long term. I could see team. him subbing in with like six minutes to go in the first quarter and playing until like nine minutes to go in the second. So yeah. that gets him like nine Same minutes the there and then getting roughly those same minutes in the second half, that would put him at 18 where those other six come from. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's And it's not going to be a night to night thing with it. It's not going to be like Bay starts on Monday, but not on Wednesday. Starts again. It, I think it's going to be in stretches. He's, he's not going to start for 10 games and he's going to start five. And he's not going to start for four. He's going to start nine. It's going to be very, very uh, cyclic. Yep, I think that's point. fair. Usman Jang is the next on our yeah. list. I'm I'll I'll kick us off on this one. I'm just gonna throw out a number. Ten. I'll go higher than that, but not by too much. And my my problem is I guess if we're doing this for the two first like month of the season, this would be probably like four or five for me. Um, if we're looking at it strictly from Usman's minutes per game and games that he plays, which are probably going to be inflated at the end of the year, it's probably closer to 13 or 14. But if we're looking at first month of the season, I just said four or five, but that's like games he appears in. I don't think he's going to be in the rotation to start the year. I'd put this probably at zero. So you have, you, have, yep. you have 10 on the season? Yeah, like I bet Usman plays like 55, 60 games for on the year, but a lot of them are going to be like second half of the of the season games, yeah. um, developmental minutes, and it would average out to be about 10 because I think November 3rd, he could play like a six-minute stretch. Man, I think we, December we almost 15th, need a he could just have like a random like 18-minute game. And so he's not going to play in every game, but I think the games he does play and he's going to get an opportunity. There's no point throwing him in there for like three minutes. So I just had a very similar thought, Jacob, like going through this list, looking at the minutes played per game last year. Like obviously there's some outliers. Xavier Simpson led the, led the team last season in minutes played at 43.5 per game because he only played in four games. Like <laughs> I get that. But yeah. like to Jacob's point, we almost 
in hindsight, like need to go back to the totals of minutes played last season um, and divide that by 82 rather than their games played to get their points, their, their, their minutes per game or their minutes for the season. So, because I think that's what you're getting at with Jang and and I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe this is poor planning. This is, this is teacher. This is teacher mode, Jacob right here, (laughs) realizing that the lesson is going poorly and then adjusting on the fly. Let's adjust the way we do this exercise to instead of it being like, what are the averages the first month of the season? Let's assume that we are at that November 1st OKC versus Orlando game on TNT. Yep. Let's make this minutes per game chart tonight representative of what we think that game will look like or another game of that ilk. Like, not as far as like matchups are concerned, but just an early season like first three weeks of the season game, if we just pulled a random game log uh, on Christmas and we said, hey, this game from November 3rd, here was the minutes distribution. Let's try to replicate what we think that will look like on this sheet. I like that. And that makes me feel better about our first pick with Darius yeah. Baisley. At Does that make sense? Nick, yep. do you follow me on that? I follow you. Okay. So then <laughs> like we're Jang? just putting, we're putting zero on Jang, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like... I mean, little like five, maybe he might get an appearance, but yeah. <laughs> I'll present you with a fact, a statistic. Okay. I know <laughs> thank, we, we thank we you changed, in advance. We changed, we changed the entire assignment mid pod, but going back to the minutes per game throughout the season, out of the 60 rookies that were drafted last year so they were rookies last season how many played 10 or more minutes per game of the 60 of the 60 20 of them 50 i was gonna say like 23 yeah <laughs> 38 oh, wow. interesting. 10 was bonkers low huh. wow that's more than i would have assumed it's a good point was it a good draft class last year too yeah um so we're, we're going to assume Usman doesn't play early. So we'll leave that at zero. Are we he'll all be, in agreement be with there? The blue. That'll be like their opening week. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Next one up is Lou Dort. For reference for you guys, Lou Dort played 32.6 minutes per game last year. And 51 games played. And he started all 51. That's kind of cool. Um, I think oh, this is one I'm like just barely going under. Like maybe 29 or 30? What do you guys think? I was going to ride at 32. Okay. Mm, I think 32 is the number. I really do. I'm with Jacob. I'm typing it in, Taylor. I'm sorry. I love <laughs> that, that's okay. So we have Baisley at 24 minutes, Dort at 32 minutes. That leaves us with 184 minutes left. Um, we still have the rest of the list to go. But I think 32 minutes, like... 16 first half, 16 second yep. half. Lou starts the game. He plays um, the first eight minutes till there's about four minutes left in the first quarter. He subs out for that four. Um, and then he's guarding Paulo in the clutch. With, yeah, with about four minutes, with about eight minutes left in the second quarter, he subs back in, uh, plays those final eight. So there's a 16 in the first half, probably mirrors that in the second half. That's actually, I like that. I dig it. Josh Giddy. This one's going to be a fascinating one. Josh played in 31.5 minutes per game 
last season. Nick, where are you, where are you sitting at with this one? Josh coming in year two, yep. a little more responsibility, hopefully has developed and, and is a better basketball player than he was a year ago. I don't even, but think... you have a lot of people that, that we got to get minutes for. So yeah, I, I, when I look at Josh's minutes, I think more about conditioning than I do better player. Here's the roster construction. Like there was a lot of times last year when he didn't play like the, be a close game with with seven minutes left and you wouldn't come in till like three or four three. minutes yeah. yeah and and mark just said you know 82 game season kids body's not ready for it it's just it's a huge jump from the nba what he was doing josh even said that like 82 games is nuts like my body hurts all the time this season i i think just given he's he's gone through a season he played in summer league they just they let him go out there and you know Dude, we didn't expect you to play in Vegas. They throw him out there in Vegas. Um, I think he plays 34 minutes. I kind of wanted to go there too. I wanted to say that he's going to be there pretty almost matching with Shea because when one of them's off the floor, I, I think we're going to see the other pretty much on. Maybe the KD Russ, uh, not comparing them to those caliber players, not saying that that's the, the big two for OKC moving forward necessarily, right? I just mean in terms of the mint, just, just distribution this this season. I, I like where you're going, Nick. And I was thinking that as well. I was going to ask you to that since you guys were there in person. I mean, you guys saw Josh. I mean, he played almost He's the entire dude. stretch. Yeah, dude, he was going hard. Up. He looks faster, stronger, better in shape. Like, But we're already running out of minutes, and that's what worries me. Jacob, what do you think? So Nick said 34. Taylor said 34. I could be talked down to about 32, but that's kind of my I point. was going to go like 33. Can I, <laughs> okay. can I get you guys to budge on a minute? Price is right. Okay. 33 works. <laughs> we'll get down to 33 minutes. So we've got 24 minutes for Bays, 32 for Dort, 33 for Josh. <sighs> we have 151 minutes left, and we are to the biggest gun on the team, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I'm going to throw out just a belief and and you guys tell me if I'm dumb. Tell me if you agree. 48 minutes agreed. I don't think anybody on this, like (laughs) everyone loves to cite per 36 minutes. Um, I, I kind of hate that statistic. I understand the purpose of that statistic. Um, But people are like, Oh, this guy that's playing 10 minutes a game. If he played per 36, this is what he'd average. If he was good enough, he'd be playing 36 minutes a yeah. game, damn it. You know, yeah. like it drives me nuts. It's an efficiency I metric. I don't think anybody on this team plays 36 or more minutes per game. Agreed. I don't think anybody in the NBA did last year. I I would put Shea, who last year averaged 34.7, matching Josh at 33. That's what I was going to say. I think he's going to match Josh. I and that's get, not because, oh, I think Josh is just as good as Shea. I think it's strategic. Um, I think it's limiting minutes so guys don't get run down. I think it's preserving his body. I think it's giving other guys an opportunity. Like, I don't think Mark Dagnall is sitting there saying, I got to run Shea into the ground for a chance at the nine seed. You know, I, I think I think 33 is the number for me. Oh, I, I'm very, very set on 35. Just, be, I mean, hey, this is Shea's first TNT game in two damn years that we're talking about. That's fair. This also, be a I think on the, on the season, he's going to average damn near 35. Like, if he's going to be the guy, the alpha, the 
first time all star appearance, like dude's gonna play a lot of minutes. Yeah, I just I don't know the his thirty four point seven last year. That's in the games he played in, which was fifty six games. I just I don't know like some of those were, were I don't without I, I don't Josh. yeah I don't see them running him more than that like the clo- and I guess that is basically at thirty five Nick so that kind of proves your point. Um, I just I think that's a lot. I lean that way. Thirty four then same reason yeah he mentioned so I think thirty four is okay. Is let's do thirty four, which puts us at one hundred and seventeen minutes left. I'm not sure about. And the next guy on the list is the maybe for me the most interesting one to decipher minutes for it would be chet holmgren so speaking it's to nick's point about giddy i thought he brought up a really good point because i remember us talking about this on the podcast amongst each other like man i really wish we could see giddy more in the second half why hasn't giddy gotten back in we see how this team looks when giddy's on the floor alongside shay and alongside these other guys um and they don't get mentioning that conditioning factor and then giddy would come on right after reiterate the same thing and to nick's point mentioned playing in the nbl and how it's a different physicality a different in minutes different second game plays games played and they want him to make it through the uh, duration of the season I think we're going to see something very similar, but obviously for different reasons with Chet. I know we just kind of made fun of all the people saying, oh, look, his his frame already isn't holding up. But when you're that young with that frame coming into the big man's league, that is NBA, they're going to try. I mean, they aren't going to hold him back too much, but at the same point, you want to make sure he stays healthy. And so because of that, I think we could see something a little similar to what we saw with Josh early on the season, but I, I don't know. I kind of look at that number. Darius Baisley uh, played in 69 games, like we mentioned, 27.9 minutes per game. What do you guys think about like 26 minutes a game for Chet? Or is that too low for your number two overall pick? Do you just play him 30? My number was 28. Yeah, 26 feels incredibly like like Aaron Wiggins played almost 25 minutes a game last year. Yeah, but when when you sort the 2021 class... Scotty Barnes, 35. Evan Mobley, 34. Cade, oh, wow. 33. Jalen Green, 32. Josh, 32. Franz, 31. Yeah, Herb so Jones, 30. And, and Taylor, Duarte, too. 28. Like, Taylor mentioned tanking, which I agree. Like, the, the, the end of the season rotations will probably be funky again, but the hope is Chet's healthy. Like, if Josh exactly. would have been healthy last year, they probably would have liked for him to play some of those late games. Agreed. You know, Chet so- is also going to be playing a lot of defense at the rim, protecting the rim. I wonder if foul trouble maybe limits his minutes per game this year. I do. We talked in summer league. He was disciplined as hell. I know. I know. I ain't. I, that that I play know. on LeBron on Saturday night was pretty disciplined. I, I put the number. I envisioned him playing somewhere between 28 and 30 minutes. So I, I'm okay. leaning more. I was going to say 28. So we can split it and go 29. Okay. Is well, that especially fair? After you rattle off those numbers from the guys. from Yeah. 29 would put him. Uh, in the same league as Chris Duarte, Herb Jones, uh, like the Franz Wagner range. I like that. Yep. All right. We're going 29 minutes. <sighs> Running out of minutes. 88 <laughs> minutes left. And they all go to the next guy. And we are on to Trey Mann. <laughs> oh, so Trey Mann. For uh, reference, Trey Mann last season played 22.8. 22.8 minutes per game. He played 60 games, started 26 of those. Uh, I think those 26 starts uh, probably inflate that 22.8 minutes a bit. 
Um, I envision Trey strictly being off the bench this year unless there is an injury. Nick, just throw out a number. What's the first number that comes to your head for Trey? 20. So we're in the same ballpark on this one. I'm not quite as crazy as I was. What was your number, Taylor? I was, I was going to say stick him at 22. Um, oh, I was going to go 18. Okay. So it sounds like we're, we're, we're going right in 20. the middle and going 20. That's fair. Because like you guys said, I mean, those numbers were pretty inflated towards the end of the season. Uh, <laughs> We've got a lot of guys that need minutes, dudes. I know. We're going to we're gonna Ugh. be going back and tweaking this a little bit here in just a second. We're going to have to. <laughs> 100%. Because next up is Mike Muscala. Another tough one. Mm. I don't know if he's going mm. to play as many minutes as we think. And like, just, I guess for reference and not to still take a thunder minutes at center. Cause this team doesn't have, a lot doesn't of, have a lot of centers. It's a good point. Jeremiah can slide up to five small ball. Chet. You can maybe. Play, yeah. You could play but, Chet at five. You could play Baisley at five. If you wanted oh, to gross. <laughs> Poku plays five. Okay. I made, I made Nick throw out a number. So don't say it. But Nick, do you have a Muscala number in your head? Um, I think I do. Get it loaded. Taylor, do you have a Muscala number in your head? I'm going to throw out a number. You ready? Ready. 11. Nine. Mine was 12. Look at us. <laughs> Just over here vibing. Same same brain wave. Want to put 11? Yeah. And, and to Nick's point, I could see that. Being, like, can we go ten? World, where can, we, can, I, can I can I fight for ten? We can go ten. Do you think? And this is kind of where I was thinking about going lower with you, Nick. Is like, is Muscala just kind of an assistant coach for this team right now at this point? He's a productive player when he. I mean, he forward. and he will if, when they're competing again. Yeah, yeah, and and Maybe I've been on the I've been on the record time. on this. I like Muscala playing. Um, when Chet is off the floor because Muscala cannot do the stuff Chet can do offensively. But the style is similar. So you are not missing a beat. It's not like, oh, we're taking our ball handling, pick and pop five, versatile unicorn center off the floor and replacing him with Derek Favors, right? It's You're keeping the same offensive mindset in play, even though the guy that you're putting out there can't do the Doesn't, stuff right. the, the better one can do. You know, it's like, but it's, a it's not bit a of change a of style forward, of play, right? Like we have a tenured vet who is a little more fundamentally sound at this point due to obviously his age and his experience. Like we saw him improve on the defensive end quite a bit that allowed them to play him at, you know, if you want to call it small ball five, I don't know if we can even call it that anymore. And then like you mentioned, Jacob, like just being able to knock down a, a shots reliably, reliably from outside and even do a little bit of post work, although we didn't see much of that. I don't know though. Like, it's just like somebody has to, uh, those minutes have to. We're going to have to go, go back. Somewhere. And edit this. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, have a, we have five guys that I, I 58% see in the rotation with 58 minutes. So left. tough. So Four let's recap off. for the, the podcast listeners real quick. We have 58 minutes left. We have to divide those 58 between Poku, Robinson, Earl Wiggins, J dub and Kenrich Williams. Ooh. We currently have 10 minutes for Muscala, 20 minutes for man, 29 for Holmgren, 34 for Shea, 33 for Josh, 32 for Lou, 0 for Usman, 24 for Baisley. 
before we jump into those last five, I'm going to take a quick moment, tell you guys about where you can buy some uncontested shirts and about our sponsors for the week. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. Gentlemen, we have 58 minutes to divide amongst 10 guys. I think we just go, uh, or not 10 guys. I'm sorry, five guys. Jesus. Uh, we're, not, we're not putting another 10 guys in this rotation. We are on to the myth, the legend, the long boy. It's time for Alexei Pokashevsky. 12. Why did she say 12 like that? <laughs> Oddly, that is, was the number is, that I had in my head also. Is, is Poku really now Borat? Were, were, you, were, you, were you envisioning the number being said that same way? Can't in your head, was, were you thinking 12 in your head? <laughs> in that exact oh same voice. Holy cannoli. <laughs> I find myself saying that phrase in Clay's voice uh, in like my everyday vernacular now. I said like, it one time uh, with Brooks, and Summer looked at me like, "That's a new one." <laughs> yeah, my my wife said something the other day, and I looked at her and I went, "Holy cannoli!" And she was like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> so I had to explain the Sounders on the pod because sometimes whenever my dog barks, I'll just say, "What the dog doing?" 
Not my dude. I my personality is memes from my podcast. I need to get out more in touch. When it's grass. hot in Jacob's house, he uh, does a the hot take sounder. <gasps> I'm sweating. <laughs> Tell me this fucking hot you alarm off. I just recreate all of our sounders. Who needs JD? Yeah, that's right. Who needs a and, soundboard? And expensive software. <laughs> when you've got me doing it all ad lib. Lord have mercy. I'm about to bust. <laughs> I'm going to start doing the intro music a cappella next. God, please you don't. You see one of our. <laughs> please don't. Damn. One of us at a time. <laughs> Jesus. Back to Poku. Oh boy. Poku. Nick said 12, 12. on Poku. <laughs> Oh, that's man. half of Darius Baisley's minutes. Well, one of I don't know how that makes you guys feel. That's just that's just a fact. That that's that's mm. big maths right there. So so I guess I would ask you if my number's twelve, and we already did twenty four for Bays. How many Bays minutes are you taking for Poku? Because you alluded to this earlier. Right, twenty two fourteen. Do the it. Split. Do we Mark take two down. off two off Bays? Bays. Mark it down. All right, our first edit of the night. 22 for Baisley, 14 for, 14 Poku. for Poku. That actually feels pretty good. What she said. We've got <laughs> 46 minutes left, and we are now on to my presumptive starter for the season, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, a man who averaged 22 minutes a game last year. Dude, I was watching some Thunder highlights recently. And a few of them were like Robinson Earl dunks or pick and rolls. I know we can't take anything from Summer League, Nick. But watching the way Jeremiah moves around the court last season versus looking at his like physical build and how he moved around the court at Summer League looks different. He looks more athletic he looks more bouncy. He looks more fluid. You can't take away like the the performances from Summer League as much, but just the the, the physical specimen and the way he operates looks different to me. And I think he is going to be a great player for this team. When I say great, I mean like he's He's going to be a role player, but I think he's going to be incredibly consistent. He's going to be one of those guys that Dignall never has to worry about. I know if I put Jeremiah out there, I am getting tough-nosed defense. I'm getting a great communicator. I'm getting a guy who wants to win, who is never going to look for his own, uh, who is going to make the right read and the right play every time. Like You just know what you're getting from him, and I think... That combined with it's kind of new build Jeremiah gets him more minutes next season. I agree. The Nick Collison role, the glue guy. Nick is shaking his head. You you're going under last season's total of twenty two point two. I am. Wow. What are you going with? I'm going to go with nineteen or twenty. Like I think. There's a lot of those teams out there that have a guy that starts but doesn't necessarily play top five minutes. I think Jerry's in that role. Might be one of the victims of trying to get these other guys playing time. My number was 24. 
I was thinking I wasn't going to go much higher than what he got last season just because, like, again, we look at his total games played, played in 49, and again, some of that is due to him not playing early on. Um, well, most of that is due to the... the oh, and he was ankle, injured, too. I forgot about that. Injury. Good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was playing a lot early on. He started 36 games last season. I mean, it's hard to take him down from that 22 mark. But to Nick's and point, he started it's also at hard center to center for most much. of the season. I think yeah. he's even better equipped now. True. I said 24. You, Nick Taylor said about the same. Nick said 19 to 20. Do we want to slot him in at 22? We're going to have to edit this at the end. <laughs> I don't want to slot him at 22. I really don't. Oh I would gosh. go. I would go 21 max. Okay, we'll put 21 there. At oh, least 25 so minutes for weird. Aaron Wiggins, J Dub, and Kenrich Williams. I mean, I'm gonna, here's I'm going to give Aaron Wiggins four minutes, and I'm taking one from Trey Mann. I want you guys to know we're already at nine players with minutes. Yep. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get a 12 man rotation. So that's what I was going to say. I'm all, like, I'm ready to put Aaron at zero. We, you have like especially these last three Wiggins, Williams, or sorry, Wiggins, J Dub, and uh, Kenrich. Like I, I, to Jacob's point, I think Nick, you mentioned this earlier when we were talking about different rotation on this team. I think these are the guys that are going to see DMPs one night and then see 14 minutes the next night. You know what I mean? Like we'll see J Dub get his his burn, Aaron Williams get his burn, Kenrich get his burn, depending on the the, the opportunity. But like if we're looking at the season as a whole, and we're looking at these guys as a whole. I can see Kenrich's minute total kind of it kind of like uh, Mike Muscala who we discussed being a little lower than many would expect just because you are trying to rotate in guys like J-Dub, Aaron Wiggins, etc. That doesn't really answer uh, where we should put Aaron Wiggins here. But I mean, if, you, if you guys, I mean, I, I know this is like in a vacuum now, one game, so he would easily be a DNP if you're not going to run 12. But I don't know, I just see him being a guy that like last four minutes of a, of the half or like, yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I get Dort that. Need I some just, rest. I, my my, we gotta save minutes somewhere. Yeah, I like Aaron. So if you give him and like, four and take one from Trey, it's only a positive three. <laughs> but if we give him zero, we still got twenty five minutes to split between the last two, which I don't think is enough. I agree. And then we're. We're you talking thought, about her. We're taking that from being a coach was easy. I'm yeah. This is running. This is running through Mark's head in real time every single night. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a proposal. Okay. And I want you guys to tell me to shut the hell up if I need to. Are Be you ready? ready for it? We got to find minutes. We're talking about this is just a random game log pulled from like the first two or three weeks of the season. Are you gonna DNP Mike? I'm gonna I'm and Kenrich. DMPing Wiggins and Mike. I'm gonna put Wiggins oh. at zero. I'm gonna put Mike at zero. And we're gonna have 35 minutes for the last two. That actually probably makes more sense because they like having because, Kenrich out there. It's kind of like yeah. The QB and and the in my perspective, if we have to, we can play Baisley. We can play Chet. We can play Jeremiah. You can even sneak a few minutes of Poku at the five. Like, yeah. let's say it's the Orlando game that we're ripping this game log from. If Poku plays five minutes at the five guarding Mo Bamba, 
Like, I feel kind of okay because Mo is just going to shoot trail, catch and shoot threes. He's not going to post up. I could put Chet on him. I, I can live with five, six, seven minutes of Darius Baisley on Wendell Carter Jr. You'll live. The team won't. <laughs> uh, let's do it. Let's go for it. I'm ready. A zero for Muscala, zero for Wiggins leaves us 35 minutes for J Dub and Kenrich Williams. K Rich, mm. he pre pre All Star break, he was logging 21 and a half minutes a game. I present that without context for you guys to choose his number. Yeah. So obviously you divide that in half. We have like 17 and a half minutes to play with for each of these guys. I do not think J-Dub's going to be getting that much. I kind of think that 14 number we gave Poku is kind of the ballpark for him in a game like we mentioned. Like 13, you, 14. You, you want to take? I was going to put 15 for Williams and 20 for J-Dub. Yeah, I think I think uh, J Dub. I'm not fully convinced that J Dub isn't starting. Like, not because of an injury, just starting. I like this season. point I'm, though. I'm not convinced J Dub's not the second or third guy off your bench first week of the season. I I would I would be like surprised that. if he's your sixth man the but first like, week of the if season. If we're doing and that, then why is the last forty games? minutes? You know, I agree. I if this is a game log from the first three weeks. It makes sense. Now, if we pull a game log uh, from February, right before the All Star break, and the team is, and we, with the context of the team is at 500 on the season, I think J Dub might even be higher. I think yeah. J Dub might be starting at that point. And I, that might be stupid and crazy and whatever. So, I'm just, so if, if J Dub is starting, what is the starting lineup? Oh, you, you slide. It, it's, you play small. Shay, Lou, Josh, J Dub, and Chet. You're playing Chet at five. <laughs> You're playing Chet at five and See, Josh that at four. Me too. Like, I feel like you need a JRE just to make that function defensively. I know J Dub can play. J Dub played point guard. I keep pre- I keep prefacing with this, and then I go back on it. So maybe I'm just completely full of shit. <laughs> Summer league doesn't mean anything, but I watched J Dub check Jabari Smith Jr who is 6'10", 225, for like 30 minutes and really like defend the piss out of him and block a turnaround jumper. Like, if you told me, hey, J-Dub's got a guard, Aaron Gordon, cool, I'm ready. I can live with that. I think that would be fine. If you tell me J-Dub's got a guard, Franz Wagner, okay, he's got a guard, Pascal Siakam, throw him out there. Like... I don't know. Maybe I'm just really dumb. <laughs> no, and I, I shouldn't I be think, doing a podcast. I don't think you're dumb. I just think you're bonkers high on J-Dub. Josh is like, that's like probably 6'9", 220, 225. Like, yeah. Do I want Josh guarding Anthony Davis at the four? No, obviously. <laughs> but 90% of the power forwards in the league, I'm cool with it. In a vacuum, yeah. I'm not, I'm not 100% against what you're saying. It's just... If that's your starting lineup on a regular basis... 
Uh, yeah, like, no, really I get tough. that. And I it's situational for me too, you know. Like, but to your guys' point, at the two once they trade Lou Dort. Okay, there's also <laughs> I agree with that. There's also a world where Chet can play five all game long and can guard the biggest, most physical front courts in the league. And then I think you can get more flexible with your four. I think, but until we see that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it is a very possible world where Chet can play five for, play the five for 29 minutes a game against 25 NBA teams. Yeah. Do I want him guarding Jokic for 29 minutes? No, but I think he offers some interesting uh, difficulties for Jokic. He's probably the best defender for Jokic. Am I cool with him guarding Gobert for 29 minutes? Hell yeah. Am I cool with him guarding whoever the hell Dallas is going to play at center? Christian Wood? Not even Christian Definitely. Wood. JaVale McGee. Oh, no. Do, yeah, that, I'm fine with that. You oh. know? I mean, there's there's not a lot of centers that scare me having check guard them. It's like Jokic and Bead. And you know what? 29 teams ask themselves regularly, how the hell are we going to guard Joel Embiid? So, I don't know. We got to figure out minutes for J-Dub and Kenrich. <laughs> Let's do, if I had to pick, I would go... I think it'd go 17-17. You're just going to split them? Yeah. And you got to give min- someone the leftover, the hanging minute, Nick. The hanging minute. Or do we go back to... up? Does Mike Muscala get the one-minute victory cigar? No, let's not do that. Let's give... Oh, man, it's tough. That is tough. I think I think 17 and 17 for J-Dub and Kenrich Williams. Give Kenrich 18. Oh, okay. You sure you don't want to give it to somebody else? You want to bump Chet up to 30? No. I want to give <laughs> Kenrich 18. Taylor, what do you think? Poku yeah. up to 15? Okay. I know it's easy to, to maybe Jerry at 22. It's easy to forget but... Kenrich because he yeah. didn't play a lot down the stretch. And let's not forget the dude just got an extension. Teams have been trying to give a first rounder for him for two years. Now. He's a good player. He deserves minutes. He can guard the four, too. Like, I'm not scared of people. I, I, I think the, the prevailing thought is you can't play J-Dub at the four. You can't play or let J-Dub guard the four. You can't let Kenrich guard the four. You can't let Chet guard the five. My audio just cut out. God, we, damn it. We can, we can hear you, but you're on your laptop. <laughs> well, uh, okay, so Taylor, question for you. Given the crunch that we're seeing right here, the universe didn't want me to make a point. There, make, your, make your point, but I've got a point for Taylor first. <laughs> Given the, the the minutes crunch, and there's other guys that are going to have to play minutes too. Like there's going to be yep. two guys that we're not even talking about that are going to have to be in the rotation at some point. Um, does this make you want to trade a Lou or a Kenrich or a somebody, a Mike? To free up minutes, like does this does this open your eyes at all to Dan? This roster crunch and minute crunch is real. 
Oh, it 110% opens my eyes to the roster crunch. Like seriously, I think this might be one of the hardest exercise for me that we've done on this podcast and the five years we've been doing it. And I don't mean that like, I mean, I, uh, I take that seriously. I, I genuinely mean that. And that's where I think like, to your point, I mean, Baisley is the candidate I keep coming back to, but I understand that's a little biased on my part as well. Uh, but I am trying to think of this like from a coaching standpoint, from a front office standpoint, from OKC. Baisley would be one of the guys to answer your question, Nick. I'm not ready to move on from Dort, even with this exercise. Still not ready to do that with Kenrich because I think he brings so much value to the locker room. However, we might be a little, I, I could see a, a situation where we're doing this again next year and we're looking at his minutes from this, you know, this upcoming season and they're lower than we expect just because we know he's one of those, you know what you have in Kenrich Williams. You don't know what you have in these other guys. Mm-hmm. So you don't play Kenrich as much and you get these other guys some burn. And, you know, when you're ready to push the pedal down a little more next in 2023, 2024, Kenrich gets those minutes again. But the other guy I keep coming back to is somebody that I've been on the bandwagon for, for a while, have been in his corner, but I'm wondering if this is the year for him also. We keep talking about, you know, Darius Baisley being in a critical year, but Poku falls in that same category. Yeah. And there's a world where Poku is a zero in this situation. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I think more holistically, we always, we make the joke Darius Baisley for two seconds. And I think most people are like, no, like second rounders never work out. Darius Baisley still has upside. Say that to JRE and Aaron but, Wiggins, who we just but, had trouble but there's, with. But there's a another element to it. Like you're not just trading Darius Baisley for two seconds. You're trading, trading Darius Baisley for two seconds and freeing up his 22 minutes for these other guys to develop. Like there's, there's so many layers to the cake. We don't think, we always do this vacuum thing where it's like, Base for two yeah. seconds. That's not right. good value, but there's so much more to think about. And I like mm-hmm. this. I think this, if anything, opens my eyes to like, there's a lot of guys that we need to get minutes for, for development minutes for. Yeah. I mean, so what, what happens blue is going to be fun this year. Yeah. What happens oh, yeah. at the end of the blue season when Usman played 10 games and the coaching staff in the front office is saying, this kid's putting it together. Yeah. We need to up his level of competition to make him continue to climb. Where do we find minutes for him? Yeah. Like I, I keep harping on it. And I know that the fan base is kind of split on what Darius Baisley is and what he could be and his age and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the line, this dude is a restricted free agent at the end of this season. You have to extend him or risk losing him. Uh, we're getting in a bidding war for him. I The first 20 games, I feel like are critical for him. If, if he is not really taking that next step, if Baisley looks like the Baisley we saw last year, I'm not interested in carrying him to next off season, either matching an offer sheet because he is a clutch client or having to, to offer him like four year, 40 million or something like that, pay him $10 million a year and then still trying to find minutes for him when I could take those 22 minutes and I could give them to some of these younger guys that have a much longer runway to prove that they can succeed. And that's not to say Darius hasn't succeeded. I think Darius can be a role-playing like bench guy in the league. I actually think he does make sense in Los Angeles, right? I think there's multiple teams where he could go and get some burn and, and, and get an opportunity and, and continue to develop. But to me, this exercise shows that that these windows of opportunity for guys that have been on the roster and we're trying to figure out, is this dude like a player or not? Like 
that is exasperated at this point. It, it's the 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 wheels are turning much much faster, and you got to make decisions. And I I've talked all summer about the Hamadou Diallo trade, and how could that be a, a similarity for what's coming with Baisley? I see it, right? I really see it. Like you trade Baisley for two seconds, and you get salary matching in return. And you just tell that guy to stay home, and with that. Those 22 Baisley minutes, uh, 12 start going to Usman, um, five more, six more go to J-Dub, and you get him up to 22 minutes a game, uh, and the others get sprinkled elsewhere, and you basically shorten your rotation because you're starting to... Basically, this team is doing a reverse pyramid, right? We're starting with a very wide base, and we're narrowing and narrowing and narrowing as we go up. As you narrow, you have to trim the fat off the edges, and... A guy like Darius Baisley. I think Poku has this year. And then I think Poku is in the same conversation. What we're talking about with Baisley now, I think is the conversation for Poku 12 months from right now. I think August 21, 2023, if Poku is still on this team, I think he will be. We'll be having the same conversation. What are we going to be saying? He's got 20 minutes or 20 games or the wheels start to turn. You got to give other guys opportunities. Yep. It's just where I'm at. I don't know. No, I agree. I agree completely. I think we all kind of agree that those are the two guys, though. Baisley and Poku. And Poku. And now we add column C and project the points per game. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I have thought about trying to predict how many of their minutes would go at what position, and I was like, there ain't no way in hell, man. Well, hey, next next week we'll add next week we'll add points. The next week oh there we'll you go. We'll make week. it a and then eventually segment. we'll have an entire projection of the Thunder's production this year. There you I go. Like it. And then at the end of the season we are way 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 off, and nobody ever listens to the uncontested ever again. <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> and we delete the podcast from the we've team. never we've literally never been wrong in our five years. Not that once. Ever. Spot on every time. Um, for our listeners on the podcast, just to recap our minutes per game breakdown for a random game log sheet in the first three weeks of the season, we have Darius Baisley with 22 minutes, who Dort with 32, Josh Giddy 33, Shea 34, Chet Holmgren 29, Trey Mann 20, Alexei Pokashevsky 14, JRE 21. Jalen Williams. Oh, someone just mis- mixed I'm giving, it up. I'm giving you high to low so you can see it better. <laughs> okay, very good. Jalen Williams, 17. Kenwich Williams, 18. Re-looking at it, did we miss anything, guys? Did we mess up anywhere? This, I, this is so like- funny. <sighs> Poku gets the least minutes of any guy on the roster that, that steps on the floor. I, uh, it kind of makes some sense. I it The does, one does. place... The one place I would argue that we messed up personally that I would change, I would take like two minutes away from Baisley and give them to JRE since he's my starter. And I would have yeah. JRE at 23, Baisley at 20. Yeah. I was going to say we take in a similar vein, you take two minutes or one minute from Trey Mann and allocate it elsewhere. And I keep wondering too, like if we're talking this is in the first however many weeks of the season. Does Dignall go with the more reliable, maybe reliable isn't the right term there, but a player who he has trusted on previously in Aaron Wiggins, not for extended run, but maybe we see him for seven or eight minutes. And then again, 
where do you take that from? And that's what, what's really tough. I don't know. It's interesting. This is a, a very, I, I didn't think this exercise in all honesty, I had us slated to do this exercise for like 35 minutes and then move on to another segment of the podcast that we just cut because this took so long and looking at it now, I'm like, God, we're idiots. We messed this all up. We need to redo it. <laughs> we'll do it again next week, week and then we'll do it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, uh, it. it's kind of crazy the, the way it, it, it unfolds, you know? So look, I decided positions like relative positions. Uh, Given there's two guys, that still, is it two or three guys that need to be cut at this point? Three. Three guys have to be cut. Oh, yeah, from the roster. Good you've point. got Veet, you've got Teo, you've got Ty, and you've got Favors. Looking at the minutes, so the guys that actually played, you have one center, three forwards, four guards, and two guys that are kind of like wing guard forwards. Does that influence who you want to keep around, the one out of those four guys? No. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Well... I mean, favors we all think is probably gone. Um, like you, you have JRE listed at forward there, which I think is fair. But I wouldn't be surprised if fifty plus percent of his minutes come at center. I don't know how to look that up on Basketball Reference, but I will um, tell you, I would guess that seventy-five percent of his minutes last season came at center for Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, let's see. We have Jeremiah Robinson Earl. We are looking at, oh, wow. Is it more than 75? 79 center, 21 Ooh. power forward. Yeah, well that's kind of what I thought. So it, technically he would be considered a center, right? Um, he's playing very out of position, but for the Thunder, he's definitely a center. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't know. That it's, is that's tough too. Dude is, dude is what six eight? Yeah, six eight. But he's like two forty. It's just nuts. That's man. a big boy. It's a big crazy. Old, big old. He's like Sadiq Bay size. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. All right, we've taken this podcast, this exercise, way longer than I thought. I think next week we might do the points, guys. That would. Be I just fun. think that sounds kind of fun. We may have Sum, to do sum it. it up to like one. I don't know, 110. I, that's what I was going to say. Or we could look at what how much points they averaged yeah, they average. total. Perfect. Last season. I don't know what that number is, but we can look that up. And then that's, um, that's fun. Kind of, we found a new maybe, segment. Maybe add a point or two, you know, and then divide it up. So something like that. I don't know. It'll be fun. It'll be good. Awesome. Everyone, thank you for joining us. Uh, we had quite a few in here for an off-season show. And you got the visual, which I like adding the visuals to the stream. It's always a good time. We'll be back with you guys again Wednesday. We got to get out of here because Nick's got to go watch House of the Dragon. This man put it off till after the pod. You guys have a great beginning of your week. Enjoy the cool weather if you're here in Oklahoma. We'll be back with you Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. Central Time. Maybe we'll do points Wednesday. I think that, that, that may be the plan. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.